Welcome leaders. This is Connections, the podcast where our goal is to equip you for leadership. This year, one area we are focusing on is the pursuit of excellence. And we pursue excellence when we pursue God, pursue others, and pursue growth. I'm Jennifer Iverson, and today we are talking about pursuing God. So I invited some dear friends to come and chat with me. Today I have Pastor Darren and his wife, Lurie. And let me just tell you a little bit about them. Um, They are the most humble people I know. 20 years ago, they moved their family to Indianapolis to start a church that focused on reaching people who didn't know Jesus. Um, And they did that by meeting needs and showing them that God loved them. My husband and I had the privilege um, to help join them uh, as they launched Heartland Church in October of 2001. Gosh, that's so long ago, but that was just weeks after the 9-11 tragedy. And Heartland Church is still impacting um, not only their community, but really all over the globe with the simple message of how God loves us so much that he desires a relationship with us. So Darren and Laurie, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you. So glad to be here with you. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I have to admit, thinking that that's been 20 years since um, this relationship started is um, a little humbling that it's been. uh, It's so great to arrive and start this church with the dream in our heart and then to find uh, you guys were already here, like God had already prepared you, and and God, that's how what God did. He just connected us with amazing people who shared the same vision and passion, and uh, we rolled up our sleeves and invited people into our lives, and and uh, the rest is history, and it's gone so quickly. Yes, and if I remember right, Jennifer, you were you one of your babies was um, one of the first to be dedicated at the Holiday Inn before we even got started. Oh. Oh, I don't remember. Which one. <laughs> it, it was my third child and he was just a few months old and he is now 19, which, whew, <laughs> and working and he's doing a great job. So it is fun. Well, today we're talking about this topic of pursuing God. And I think sometimes we as leaders, we, um, we kind of create this formula in our mind, like this checklist, a to-do list of all these things that we have to do um, if we're having a relationship with God. And I just don't think it has to be quite that complicated. Darren, can you share with us just some of your thoughts about what it really means to pursue God? I don't know that I'm an expert on this, but... Um... I know that there are some things that everybody needs in their life, just as you talk about pursuing excellence, um, you have to have, um, you have to have some basic things in your life as just some structures some systems and really the spiritual, they're kind of like the three components of anything that's going to last. I was thinking about, you know, how is it that we've been able to, you know, keep our marriage uh, healthy and to still be in love with each other and to still have a church that's growing after all of these years. And, you know, to make anything work and last, you need to have a really good structure. You have to have good systems in your life, and then you have to have the spiritual. And those principles did not originate with me. Um, They come out of the Bible. 
Um, there's actually a passage in Numbers chapter 17. When was the last time you read in the book of Numbers? Oh. <laughs> it's just that period of time where God's calling his people out of slavery and saying, hey, there's a better way to live. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he talked to them and he calls them to be his people and he brings them out of slavery. But they needed a plan of how, to, of how they were going to function. And in some ways, I think about how every mom has so much on their plate. They're juggling. They've just got so much to do. And a lot of times when you talk about pursue God, it feels like, man, I've got to add this into my life and there's more right. to do. And how am I supposed to do that? And now you want me to be excellent at it. <laughs> and, um, right. you know, I, God, God did not leave his people without a clue as to how to, how to bring some organization to your life. So he's bringing these people, you remember, out of slavery into the promised land. And they had to carry this thing called the tabernacle, the place where they would meet with God. And he says, I'm going to come and and my presence is going to be right there in the middle with you every single day. But they had to move that thing. They had to, every time they moved from place to place in their journey, they had to set up and tear down this tabernacle. And, uh, they needed a plan of how to do this. So if you read that story, it's pretty cool. They had, you know, this, this tent type structure and it's got all this furniture in it that they used to worship God, like altars and candles and, you know, stuff like that. And so he says, um, I'm going to assign some people to take care of my house. And he gives them jobs. He had, um, so Levi has three sons and he says, all right, you three, you're going to be in charge of this. And I want you to organize some people. And take care of this place and be ready to move it at a moment's notice. So one group of sons, they took care of the structure, like the tent posts, the actual tent, and all of the stuff to set it up, the tent pegs and all of that. And then you have another group of people that, you know, the other son, and they were to take care of, like, the furniture on the inside, the, the articles of worship. And then you had, um, you had, um, you know, the, the lamp, you know, the, you had all, you had this, this base stuff, like who, who will take care of the base equipment, who will take care of the coverings, the walls, and then who will take care of the, the stuff that you worship God with. And I just think that there's a little picture of, of God setting things in order so that things will work. Yeah. And that's the big principle of what I want to say. You know, you can't just add a little God into your life and hope everything works. There has to be some a good structure in your life. You need some good systems. And then you have to add the spiritual in. It takes all three. Does that make sense, what I'm talking about? Yeah. It, it actually, as you're talking about setting up the temple and tearing it down and moving it at a moment's notice, like our leaders know that. Like they're setting up for their meetings and they're tearing right. it down. It's like having a, a traveling church. <laughs> well, just imagine even in that, so there, if you had a really good structure so it wouldn't burden anybody, somebody might be in charge of the the physical stuff. And then somebody might be in charge of setting up the room once you're there. And then somebody's thinking about the spiritual, what's the content and what's the music and what's the worship. Well, this is an ancient principle that organization. And so, you know, I I just think that for, what does that mean for a mom? Like when you think, when you and your, when you guys think about your family and your, your, there's some, there needs to be some, just some basic good structure in your life. For me, that's like, do we have a clear vision of what we're about? Do we have some clear values that our family operates on? You know, just knowing that, that um, do, we, do we have solid financial principles thought out? You know, there's just some basic structural things that a family needs in order to work. And so a good church and will help. And the spiritual is part of that. <laughs> That's right. And then you've, got, then you've got to have good systems. 
you know, in your life, which is, you know, um, all of this is God wants order, you know, a good system would be, I might have some good values, but a good system would be is I would have some good relationships with people. So I wouldn't be on my own so that there's a, and there's a, you know, the idea of coming to church and, and that there, or being a part of a small group or something that's, it's a system like every week at this set time, this is what I do. Right. 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 You surround then, yourself with that. Right. And so you have, so I, so I have some good structure in my life. I've got some good systems and then the spiritual part. Okay. And that's kind of where you asked me to go, but I just didn't want to make the mistake of just thinking, well, this is just adding more things to my life. You need good organization. We know that, but uh, without the spiritual, whatever you build in your life is really empty. So it's like, what if you have a tent and what if you have everything set where it's supposed to be? but then God's not in it and there's no presence of God there. Right. Right. So, so I think that what do I, the most important thing that Lurie and I would say to do is that every day to create a quiet space, even for just a few moments to have a time where a little bit of God's word can get inside of your heart. Mm -hmm. I use the one year Bible as a plan, not because I'm trying to read the one year Bible, just because I don't want to think about, what I'm going to read. Right. So my system is I read the one year Bible and I'm not looking even to complete the whole reading because some days I might have, you know, 15 minutes, but some morning I make my, I may only have just a few minutes, but I'm going to have to get a little bit of word, God's word in me. So I'm just looking for always looking just for one verse. The goal is not Bible reading. The goal is God talking to me. So I may read one verse, and if I feel like, man, that, God just spoke to me today, that's something that, that's meaningful, I'll stop right there. Because my goal, most women, most men, anybody who has like, a, like a, they've got a, I got a lot to do today kind of an attitude, <laughs> they see yeah. a checklist and it becomes like a burden so fast. Right. Like I've got to check all of these things off. I've got, I've got to have a, I can't break my streak. I, so, so now I, this thing that was supposed to connect me to God is just another duty. God's word is not designed to be a thing I check off. It's, it's meant to be alive. It's, it's supposed to be living and active and speak to me and kind of convict me or bring something. So even I don't want to get up in the morning and go, man, what should I read today? Sure. Should I, what book should I find? Or what's the latest? Uh, what, what new study should I do? I, don't, we, I just want to have a system of I'm going to sit down and I, for me, I even... Um, I've shut off my notifications on my phone and I just have my Bible app on. Nothing's going to bug, bug, you know, ding me or zap me or, or come up. Nothing's going to interrupt and you. I just read, and I just read, you know, a little bit of the, there's a little Old Testament passage, a little New Testament, a little Psalm and a Proverbs. Someday, mm-hmm. I'm just glad for that one verse in Proverbs. Yeah. Especially like in times of the year where they're taking you through numbers or Deuteronomy, you know I mean? You're like, okay, God, I'm not feeling this, but. I remember reading this passage in Deuteronomy, or excuse me, in Numbers one morning and going, man, um, God wants me to take care of just the, just, just take care of making sure there's this good system in my life that I can have the spiritual come in. So I read the one year Bible. I write to me, keep it real simple. I just write out the verse that speaks to me. I usually write that in a red pen, by the way, because you know, red letters, like that's God talking. Yeah, that's <laughs> and then awesome. And then I just take my black pen and I just write whatever that verse is saying to me. I think God is saying this. And then I'll write a little prayer. 
that whole thing can take less than five minutes. But the attitude that comes out of that time, which is, God, I don't know everything, but you know everything. I don't know what I'm going to face today, but you know everything I'm going to face today. And I surrender to you and let this word be in me and speak to me. And I don't, I, I, this isn't something that we've made as a rule for my family. And Lorie, you may describe it differently, but I know you do the exact same thing no matter what every morning. That's right. That's absolutely Even in a, in a pandemic, that has been a lifeline because you can, you know, through the night you can get anxious or, I mean, it doesn't have to be morning, but I, I found that when I sit down and just, you have that time, just a little bit of time, whatever it is. And actually it's been very freeing that when he, when he described it, like that you're just looking for that one verse, which is good. Cause a lot of times, a lot of it, I'm not really tracking with, but then that God will speak through that one little verse and, and it changes my whole atmosphere for the day. And I, I hate to think of it that, and I do think of it like this sometimes that it's a checklist that I've got to do. It's, but what relationship would you want in your life that somebody um, well, just said, you're, you know, oh, I got my time with you today or whatever and check <laughs> that off. No, it's a living live relationship. And yeah, I think of it that way, just like that. Yeah, it's just like we don't treat our kids or our spouses like that. We don't go, oh, good, I made eye contact with you today, check, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right. really like, you know, setting up, you know, we'll set the coffee the night before. And I have yeah, a lot of coffee is very important. If you're important. early, you got to have the coffee too. And, you know, the, the light's on by my favorite chair and my journal sitting right there and my pens are sitting right there and they don't move. And so I have a place. I have a, mm -hmm. That's part of the structure. The structure is... I have a place. The system is I do it every day, same time. Um, and it's not about the amount of time. I mean, it could be literally, it could be, um, wow, I could spend 15, 30 minutes. Some days I might take a longer period of time, but, but I'm going to take a moment and just meet with the Lord. You know, the Bible is, it, it says that it is, Jesus is the word. So I'm not really looking to, to, to read the Bible. I'm looking for Jesus, you know, to, to, to read him, to talk to him. And so prayer is like that. Prayer is like breathing. You breathe in, you breathe out. So prayer is part talking to God and him part talking to you. So he talks to us through his word. We talk to him. And so if you were to look at my journal today, you would see a little red letter where it was just a verse. I wrote, here's what it meant to me. And then I wrote yesterday and I wrote a couple thoughts about what happened. And I wrote a little prayer. And it doesn't take me, I mean, it was five minutes, but I've been thinking about um, that verse, you know, all day long. And um, I think that, that Lurie's right. I don't think that if, that it has to be, you know, at, in the morning, what's good practically for me is that if I don't do it, then it gets crowded out by other things. Right. But, for, but I would say if you can find a place where you can just have a time uh, to do that. And, you know, I've been reading this same Bible plan for 20 years. Right. And I changed the, I changed the version every year. I might, one year I've read the message and one year I've read new living another year I've read NIV. And, and because I'm just looking for that one verse, man, it's never gets old. It never. And, and I feel like I was just telling Marie, I feel like every year, man, I feel like, man, I know God better today than I, mm -hmm. than I did. Not because I'm 
spending hours and hours. It's just the cumulative effect of just even moments that are adding up over time. Right. It's really the consistency of it versus... That's what I mean by the system of it. Because if you just look at it as the spiritual, like I need this, like anybody can go have, you know, a spiritual day or a spiritual moment. I, I would like, I would encourage, you know, the structure is... Find a place that you're going to call, this is my meet with God spot. Mm. I know of a lady in our church that goes in her literal, she literally goes in her closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Susanna Wesley, who had, was a mom. So we've all heard of John, John Wesley. So right. great preacher. And so his wife's name was Susanna Wesley. And they lived in a very small house, really with just one room for a period. She had lots of little kids. Yeah, and like she, a lot of kids. She did. And she <laughs> yeah. trained, trained them that when mom would sit down and pull her apron and cover her head, like she literally pulled it up and like a tent over her head, she was having her time with God and they were to leave her alone. And that was, you know, you read the stories of great people. They just did what they had to do to find a place. And then they made okay. it consistent somehow. And then the, then the content was to think of it. It's not a, it's not a duty. It's just, you know, when this when your when your relationship with God becomes real, right. you're talking to a person. Um, then you want to do stuff. You don't have to. And God never intended us to be a slave to these rules anyway. Right. He really just wanted us. He said, you know, if if the, if uh, and that's really the purpose of our whole church that teach people how to love God, and hard things get easy. You know, mm-hmm. when you're in love, hard things hard things aren't so hard because you want to. You don't have to. Well, and that, I think that's the key right there. It's like, I want to spend time with my family because I love them. And so you want to spend time with God. And I think you hit, um, hit it right too. When you said, you know, it's not this, um, you know, you must spend three hours in prayer and two hours in deep study and know the Greek. And I mean, there is a place for some of that if that's what God's called you to do, but that is not what God's asking of us in a relationship. And, um, you know, I used to, I can clearly remember when I had little kids and I would say, okay, this morning I'm going to get up and I'd set the alarm and I kid you not, no matter what, those kids would wake up five minutes before that alarm would go off. And you were like, how? How do you know these things? But I also knew they would take a morning nap. And I could find those five minutes in the morning nap. Or I had a calendar, one of those like, you know, I I call them my grandma calendars because my grandma used to have one that would sit on her windowsill and it had like a verse and a spiral on the top and every day you'd flip it and there'd be another verse. And for years that sat where I washed dishes because I knew I could read that verse while I washed dishes that day. And that was the only verse I got, but I could read it and I could pray about it and really soak that in. And even to see how God um, brings it up throughout the day, or I liked how you said um, you write it because there's something about that act of writing it that triggers our brain to remember it. That's exactly right, Jennifer. You know that memorizing scripture is not something, if you make, again, this, this sounds so hard to do, but there's something that happens when my thoughts slow down enough to have to go through the fingertips on that pen that I remember, I remember better, you know? 
like today's verse, you know, God is working in you. That's the verse I wrote down today. And it says something, it's not exact. I don't have it memorized perfectly, but I remember God is working in you and he's giving you the power to do what's right. And I just thought, of, I've just been kind of chewing on that all day. So the word meditate in the Bible is the same word we get for chewing a cow chewing the cud, you know? So, so you know, it's, it's like, what is that cow doing? It's just chewing and swallowing and then burping it back up and chewing some more, you know? And nice. really gross and very descriptive. I hope you all like that picture. But that's the, that is the picture of, you know, get, let, let God give you something. I went, you know, that's what I want today. God, I, I want you to give me not only the power to do the right things, but you said you'd give me the desire to do it. So, you know, that's what, and that's really what he wants to do is give you the desire to do the right things, which is so important right now because, you know, we live in a world that's everybody's angry and depressed and frustrated. I mean, those are the three basic emotions of every single person. So, so, you know, don't try to add to your life a task, like look at it as God, I need you today to talk to me, give me my daily bread, give me something that will, that I will live for. And so today, you know, Darren, I'm going to give you not only the power to do right, but I'll give you the desire to do right. Mm-hmm. And that's a great, that's, a, that's like, okay, that is God's word to me right now. I agree totally. And that the other thing is, so you're getting a download of power from him for your day, like to these moms that we're talking to, right? Um, but also there's a, there's a moment of surrender when you, when you just get a few minutes. And, and even if I don't totally get what I'm, you know, something really powerful out of my Bible reading, there's a part where I go, okay, at the very end of every time I spend some time with God, it's you're big and I'm little, you're the boss and I'm not today. And well, <laughs> it, it yeah. helps with parenting, it helps with my attitude, you know, and it's just as simple as, it's just like surrender, like, okay, I've surrendered my life to you, but I have to do it like daily. Yeah, that day, right. You have pulses, I die every day. And so there's a moment where every day it's really great to come back to God and say, I can't do this. So there's a, there's humility. And then number two, I'm going to have to make choices all through this day to let the, the, the flesh me like the, you know, the one that wants to be in charge me make the choices or I'm going to let the Holy spirit make the choices. So, so that's the prayer. Like God today, you know, everything I don't. And now today, Lord, you, you be in charge. I surrender to you. And then I guess the third piece is that once you've got God's word in your heart, like the, the actual act of worship isn't going to church and somebody playing three songs and you call that worship. You know, that's just that's just that's just music. What 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 worship is is when is is thanking God, having this grateful spirit, and saying, Lord, in all things, good or bad, when they go my way, when they don't, I worship you. And worship will get you out of depression. Worship will get you out of frustration. And uh, it'll get you out of, it'll get you out of like, just when you're, if, when you, when the, when you're, the, the ceiling caves in and you feel like my world is falling apart. I'm serious. If, if, if there's a moment to, to grab that word that was in your heart and say, Lord, man, I need you to give me today power and the desire. And I just thank you. You're giving me that right now. Thank you that you're giving me the desire to make the right choice here. Not to, not to say the wrong thing, not to, you know, get all depressed and freak you know, out. I'm alone, freak out. 
you know, I wish it was, it's really not that it's, 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 I hate to sound so simple and forgive me if it's, if everybody goes, yo, what else you got? You know, pastor. No, no. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is this is our this is our basic little structure, our basic little system. So, I have a place, something I do every day. I know exactly what I'm gonna. I don't have to think about it. I just know that that's what I'm gonna do. And then I'm gonna get very personal, you know, with God and have a try to have a, even if it's one verse, a little spiritual moment. So there you go, Jennifer. I, I love it. Well, that is exactly what I wanted because I think we have a tendency to complicate it and think it can't be this easy. You know, people compare themselves, you know, and they look at others and they go, oh, well, I could never be like that person. Right. Like Billy Graham, who spent three hours. I mean, Billy Graham was amazing, but I don't have three hours to spend praying. Oh, he didn't have three little kids either. And by the way, they took all those pictures of, you know, it's funny, they like Billy Graham later said in his autobiography, which I have, he said he spent way too much time doing all that ministry stuff. He did not spend enough time with his family. If he had to do it all over again, he would have changed that. So that wasn't even real, you know? So that was what what he thought, right? So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't, I say, you know, never compare yourself, you know, and God, God's word is enough. It'll challenge us. It'll, it'll rock our world. And the answers are always simple. I had a lady call me yesterday. who has been a part of our church for a long time. And she said, Karen pastor, what am I going to do? And I said, well, tell me what's going on. And she goes, well, this lady who cleans for me, um, she came, you know, she, she's been working for me for all this time and her mom's been helping her and they come over to our house and they help clean. Well, the mom just told me that, you know, my daughter, she got divorced and now she's moving in with this woman and she's freaking out because, you know, I don't have a category for what my daughter's doing. You know, she's moving in with a woman. Right. And I said, okay, does she clean good for you? And, and I'm like, what are you asking me? And she goes, oh, no, she's wonderful. I said, well, then what are you so anxious about? She goes, well, she goes, I don't know. Like, what am I supposed to say if she comes to me and she tells me that she's living with a woman? And I said, just say thanks. Say, okay, thanks for letting me know. And then say this, say, you know, if you're telling me this because you think it might change our relationship, I'm not going to, my relationship is not going to change. I'm going to love you anyway. And she says, can I say that? And I said, do you, don't you think that's what we're called to do is just love people? Like she has a, this lady has a therapy dogs and she goes to hospitals and her dogs, um, you know, just, just love people. comfort to people. And I said, Jennifer, it's that simple. Like when you take your dogs to the hospital to comfort someone that's dying, do you think your dog cares about what a person's past is what they're involved with what their sins are what 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 they've done what is the purpose of you taking that dog and the dog just gives them unconditional love i said well if a dog can do it you can do it yeah. and you know that works and so that's what jesus so so again anytime you take this take take this uh this thing we call christianity take it out of this institutional religion and just make it i'm trying to meet with jesus personally every day and then I'm supposed to love people like Jesus loved people. So I want his spirit to come inside of me so that I don't act like the people of this world. I want to be able to act and respond like he would. And once you think about you know, I said, Jennifer, you don't have to. I mean, Jennifer, I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to this I other. And <laughs> I said, Jennifer. Stop yeah, I said, uh, I, said to this, I said to this lady, um, if you have love in your heart, 
the words, the words will find the way to your, from your heart will find a way to your mouth. Like, I don't have to give you the words to say you'll, you'll, if love's in your heart, you will say the right things. And so what, so what this is about, it's not about you guys adding a task. So I'm a good Christian. So I can please God and be a good person. God already loves you unconditionally. He doesn't need you to do one more thing for him. What you want is go be in the presence of the most loving person you've ever known and let that person just love you and care for your soul and say, you know, pour out your heart to him, let him talk to you, give him, give you a little verse. And if there, and if the love of God touches your heart, you'll be able to love your kids. Well, you'll be able to love your family. Well, even when they're unlovable, you'll be able to love people who, you know, are different than you, I mean, in this time when you have, when, when, when our country's getting divided over political issues, how do you love somebody? Well, that's pretty easy. Do I have to agree with everybody to love them? <laughs> I don't. In fact, I, I had a, I have a Muslim friend. Um, he's a, he's an imam of a Muslim mosque here. And one day, I, when I, early when I was just meeting him, he said something to me like, well, I'm glad that we are friends and that we all worship the same God. And I go, oh, no, we don't. It's not even close. But now that that's <laughs> out of the way, how should we be friends? And when guys want to come over for dinner and what can we do to work together? Because I really like your values. The way, the way you raise your kids are so similar to mine and I love so much and we can be friends. So I'm not having to compromise anything, but I just think it's important to just say, man, I don't. I don't know. I know we probably don't see eye to eye at all, but that's okay. Right. And leave the conviction part to God. Like, that's it's not ours. It's, like, yeah, and the reason I can do that is because God's not called me to be the, be the defender of the faith or the prosecutor or even the judge. I'm just supposed to be a witness. Yep. And so I have to be a witness of his love. Well, guess what? The flesh is not going to act that way. I need to go kind of have a right-sizing moment. Like Larissa said, God, you're big. I'm just little. God, will you help me to act like someone who's been in your presence today? And I think that's a daily refill. It's kind of like, it's kind of like taking the shower. I may, I may skip a day without taking a shower, but by the third day, like. We'd like you to take a shower. Yeah, you guys all want me to take a shower. And I, and I, and you can peel off, you know, so you have to, it's not, it's not something you can do once. You just want to keep meeting with God and I remember 20 years ago, Darren was saying, just love God and love people. Before it was like, you know, a wall hanging. <laughs> Darren's been saying it. And I think that comes down to it. And um, Laurie, I think the example of knowing that you um, have beautifully raised three adult children mm -hmm. who um, uh, love God with all their heart. Um, is proof that you can raise your kids and do this at the same time. It's not, um, time is not an issue, you know, just a few minutes. And, and that's all. Well, love is time, right? If you yeah. want to tell somebody you love them, you have to spend time with them. Absolutely. Oh, I could, Absolutely. So that's where we get it wrong with our kids, right? We're so, that's what Billy Graham was saying. You know, I spent all this time with God, but I, or doing the Lord's work, but I didn't spend time with my family. I, I'll never regret all those, you know, mornings, you know, I, I, I had my little time with God every day. And then we had our little time with our kids every morning. Yeah. And you couldn't get me for breakfast during those years. I mean, I was like, from, from uh, 6.30 to 7, we're, we are eating breakfast together. And yeah. 
And I don't mean that that has to be what anybody else has to do, but you just need a system where if you say you love somebody, you got to have regular time in their life. And so for us, that was breakfast every morning because I knew I was not going to be able to be back almost for a lot of dinners. You know, a church planner's life is very busy. How is I going <laughs> to, I knew I probably couldn't make it home, but I could do that. Oh. And, you know, and that's the same thing. You know, I, if I say I love God, but I don't really spend any time with him, that it's, I can, I'll have the talk of it, but I won't really have the love. I have to actually be with somebody to love them. And I think that's, you've brought up a great point to wrap this up that we're not asking people to do tasks, right? We're, no. we're just saying, you know, make something, uh, put a system and a structure in place that lets you be with the Lord so that who he is actually becomes a part of your, your day in your life. And let that trans. He'll he'll do the transforming. Wow, excellent! Thank you, Darren. Thank you, Lori. I appreciate you guys sharing with us and and really making the idea of pursuing God um, not complicated. So thank you, leaders. I hope you were able to grab one or two nuggets that will help you as you pursue God this year. Remember, this is your year to embrace the truth that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, to arise as a mother and a leader, and to make the brave decision to be strong, do your work, and chase joy. Together, may we all courageously decide to rise.